0: in my headphones, Charles.
1: Turning it up. Hello, 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 everybody, one and all. Welcome to yet another very exciting episode of the Friends Talking Fantasy Podcast. My name is Charles, and with me today, as always, is my lifelong friend and co-host, Dylan. I'm ready to talk some fantasy with my friend, Charles. I'm ready to talk some fantasy with my friend as well, Dylan. And Dylan, before we get started, I got to say you're sounding pretty good today.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you, Charles. Yes, for any listeners who notice a difference today in the sound quality on my end, hopefully an improvement in the sound quality on my end, I have finally, after Charles has (laughs) been urging me for a long time... uh, gotten a mic instead of using my gaming headset and (laughs) yeah hopefully if hopefully i'm coming in crystal clear here charles is in charge of all the (laughs) art audio stuff and Uh all that and i'm hoping to make his life a little bit easier and your lives listeners because i'm sure my gaming headset was not coming in as as well as Charles's awesome
1: mic. So, yeah, well, I'm excited. Yeah, thank you, Dylan, for upgrading the setup. We are really excited. To, I'm excited to listen to this one and hear how it comes out. But so far, you're sounding good. And, you know, <laughs> Dylan, I couldn't think of a better way to celebrate your new Ooh. microphone setup than with a fun, er, rousing edition fun. of Friends Creating Fantasy, which is a series that we've done, a, what, four times now, three times, uh, where we randomly generate a book title, a protagonist mm-hmm. and an antagonist, and we use that yes. to, to to outline a fantasy story. That is
0: exactly what we do in Friends Creating Fantasy. <laughs> and yeah, I'm, I'm super excited it's basically to try to, Come up with that outline, a general beginning, middle, end of a fantasy novel based on all these random tropes and roles and title nouns thrown our way. And these usually get pretty zany and silly and hopefully fun. And <laughs> completely I'm really excited to take...
1: improvised. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> We'd completely come. improvised. It feels weird going into an episode without any notes or having read anything or anything like that. But you know what, Dylan? I think we've been, as fantasy fans, preparing for this for our whole lives. So <laughs> I like to think so. So, so let's yeah. get into it. Let's start with generating a title. We have curated a long list of very common nouns you find in book titles, things like daggers, dragon, storm, blade, shadow. And Dylan's going to randomly generate one. I'm going to randomly generate the other. And through that we will create the title. So Dylan, do the honors. What is the first name that we have here? All right, let's get this random generator pumping. Beep
0: boop beep. Oh, we've got throne here, Charles. Throne. I'm
1: okay, throne. Well, I've got a. <laughs> let's something not get game. Very. <laughs> what? I know we got something. Close. <laughs> Please don't say you got uh... <laughs> game. No, no, I got empire. Empire, Ooh. empire and throne Ooh. that's a weird one <laughs> a empire of thrones <laughs> i mean well
0: it has me thinking of friend of the show mark lawrence's emperor of thorns yeah. <laughs> but i mean yeah. i guess that's different but just sounds very similar i mean to we could do something very we've got sim- going here simple i don't like... know maybe this is like
1: yeah, the throne, the empire throne,
0: or so, yeah, like the empire throne, yeah. something like that.
1: Yeah, the empire throne or the throne of the empire could be sure. Could let's be. keep
0: those. Let's keep those in mind and generate protagonist, antagonist stuff, and see if any of those
1: start to stick out once we have more information. Here, does that sound good, Charles? That sounds great, Dylan. So what we're gonna do now is we're going to randomly generate our protagonist. So Dylan has. All of the types of roles that this character could be. He's got things like king, queen, uh, different races, all of things like that. And uh, I have tropes that are very common in fantasy characters like anti-heroes, orphan, snarky, berserker, things like that. So why don't you go ahead, Dylan, and let us know who is our protagonist
0: sure thing and just clarifying that those races are fantasy races like elf dwarf and uh yeah
1: and things like that yeah
0: um so let's get that generator pumping beep boop beep you know we do have a knight here charles we've done knights before i think but they're pretty flexible so i uh, i'm open to going again but usually so far we've always let the generator just speak for itself what do you think charles
1: Well, let's have the generator speak for itself for now, because my trope type is very different from last time. Uh, This time, we have the edgelord knight. (laughs) Oh, no. An edgelord
0: knight? And I guess this is probably the protagonist. That's what we generated first, right? That's what we decided.
1: So an edgelord protagonist. An edgelord knight. I
0: mean it's basically like Anakin you could say is an yeah. edgelord knight because he's a Jedi knight,
1: right? Yeah, exactly. Anakin is a good example. Oh god. Um Yeah, so that is promising. But before we make okay. any any decisions, let's get that let's just crank that antagonist out. Who is our edgelord knight going up against?
0: <laughs> All right. Beep boop beep a princess we've got a princess for an antagonist and i picked a
1: very appropriate trope corrupt
0: a corrupt princess against a edgelord an edgelord knight and we've i guess our edgelord knight is the prototype this is interesting charles (laughs) and it's i i know i just recently as you know watched uh, episode two uh of Star Wars for an upcoming feature that I'm going to have on your other (laughs) podcast, Roger Roger podcast, uh, with our other lifelong friend, Derek. So if you're a Star Wars fan, definitely check that one out. And yeah, it's hard not to already be thinking that we could have some fun with this Anakin Edgelord Knight protag. And then having i don't know Padme's going through the brain here charles for this royalty but what about a corrupt more complex padme type in that antagonist role and we can even play with this like uh i guess enemies to lovers trope as a possibility and kind of see where that goes uh, yeah i'm open to love but that's what's coming yeah. to mind immediately, Charles. Let's yeah, go through well,
1: I, I'm thinking let's follow that. I'm coming back to like trying to close in on this title. If we're going like generic fantasy book title, the throne of the empire to me has the Oh here. yeah, and there's an empire, yeah, Charles. Exactly. And thrones is... and empires okay. and princesses and knights. We're in it. You know, we are in it. Oh yeah. The fantasy what? generator Charles. has served it up.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I Charles, are you open to on um, Friends talking fantasy? I know it's Friends talking fantasy, but are you open to the idea of space opera, or if we're trying to stay close to Friends talking fantasy or space fantasy, which is something that people have referred to Star Wars as
1: before? Uh, are you I'd say open let's to those do ideas? It. Yeah, for this? of course. Yeah, let's We've do read it. Murderbot. We can do this. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yes. Friends creating
1: space fantasy. That's, That's what we're dealing right. with today. They and space fantasy that's very exciting so we have a space edgelord knight which sounds pretty cool (laughs) and we have a space corrupt princess (laughs) yes hmm okay well i like like the thing is there's so much potential there's so much open sometimes with the friends creating fantasy generator it forces you down a path where you have to have the story make sense for these zany characters but these are such common character tropes and roles that we are kind of free to roam uh narrative wise Let's go down this line because Anakin is obviously such an influence for our Edgelord Space Knight. That, yes, let's take that trope of that character, make him the protagonist, and throw him in a story where there's obviously, I'm guessing, some sort of contention for a throne for an empire. Yeah, and we've got a princess who may be held by the princess who's corrupt. Uh, or the like, the princess's family, parents. However, yes. that works because uh, if they were an emperor, right, or an empress instead of a princess, um, so there's that to consider. But basically, I see there's some sort of power vacuum or power struggle, and the knight is somehow wind- wound up in the middle of it and has and has a big effect on this. So how are we gonna? What what's the uh? what's the conflict here? <laughs> so you're thinking about a power vacuum
0: sort of situation, Charles. Can yeah. you tell me more about that?
1: Right. Well, it's almost like almost kind of like game of thrones in a sense that, yeah, the, the king is the, the, the one who sat on the throne is dead. And now all these families are, mm. have different claims to it and are trying to fill that vacuum. And, um, uh, if we wanted to do it that way, then we could have this intergalactic empire, right? And someone's got to sit on that, uh, like, throne. fill that role. And she could be actually trying to be the empress, you know, and she is going, yeah. ma- or maybe she is here, here, corrupt here. and yeah. is trying to okay. kill her parents. Like, because she's corrupt, As she's planning do. an assassination on her family, on whoever the current emperor Which, or empress is. Ooh, Charles, which, which very means
0: corrupt. that, yes, 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 which means that it's possible that our edgelord Jedi Knight equivalent, or Space Knight, uh, if we're, I, I guess, uh, Charles, you probably understand. <laughs> it's fair for us to basically call him a Jedi equivalent, right? I guess a Space yeah. Knight, we'll say. Yeah. Uh, he could be working for the family so it could be very tight quarters in that sort of royal palace type yeah. situation where he is potentially even trying to and, and i guess honestly i i gravitate towards saying he because i'm thinking about this anakin type i think we could go we could gender flip anakin potentially if we are interested in that um but if we want to play it more the typical anakin type we'll go we'll go he okay. and uh, uh, yeah, which I'm open to whatever, you know, spin it through your head and see what comes out, Charles. Mm-hmm. And right now I'm thinking, though, typical Ankin type. And maybe it's like us trying to suss out the conspiracy in this more closed quarters palace. It happens to be in space. He happens to have a laser sword that happens to be making sounds
1: like lightsabers. Like, yeah, <laughs> no, I, uh, I like all it. stuff. Right. But so, yeah, here's it's like where, a mystery, here's I'm trying to suss also, it out. Yeah. But there's that piece, but here's the other piece, because I'm going back. I want to make this idea of the edgelord. Like, how do we make an yes. edgelord characteristic part of the True. plot? And here's what I'm thinking. Being an edgelord and being corrupt, they're close. What I'm thinking is, what mm. if, what if, okay, this knight is such an edgelord that, like... <laughs> <laughs> they're indulging in these fantasies with the Princess, like, "Oh, you should kill your parents. That'd be super cool, you know, like' like Jeez. that kind of edginess, and then the princess starts to like get talk like starts to do it, and then it's like, "Oh wait, well, I don't know if I actually want to act on these like things, you know where, yeah or yeah, yeah, or maybe yeah. maybe it's not that, but I think this idea of his edge lordiness is basically being tested, and to the point where it's like, okay, now I'm actually." Being the straight laced hero in this because I'm doing what I think is right. Like I, I think there's a theme in there somewhere. Ooh. I'm trying to yeah, I'm yeah, trying yeah, yeah yeah to weed out the theme in that. No, it's I see like, it. Yeah, I, okay. I,
0: I I yeah. This has me thinking of some things that might be interesting. So first off, I like the idea of the trying to subvert some of these things of the way that at least my read on the prequels has a lot of these these ways in which Anakin was emotionally repressed in a way that led him astray and that came from the Jedi Knight order and the way that they treat him and he kind of had these impulses that he didn't have any place to put them and that's part of you know, I I don't know what we can do with Star Wars, potential spoiler stuff here, Charles, what I can say (laughs) about him. But I'll just say he had a lot of impulses they didn't know where to put, like emotional impulses and these edgelord characteristics. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if some of that repression of our edgelord knight in this story is what's leading him to kind of just like throw it out as these whims with this princess, just kind of airing grievances. Like, I want to kill the Jedi Order equivalent, I want to kill the Empire for condoning all this BS, I want to do all these things, and he's already kind of there, but it's more him just trying to vent, and she, like, she could even start
1: as this very, like, Padme- was what very, if, yeah, what if it was like, Padme and like uh, here we Dylan, wait a second, yeah, like trying what to what help. if we take yeah. the Padme character and we take the Sidious character and combine them into one person? Mm. So, here's the deal here's the premise, right? The book starts there is a big war intergalactic war going on, and this edgelord knight was assigned as a bodyguard to the princess, right? And then as they're spending time together, the princess is actually trying to puppet master a situation to create a power vacuum to sit in as the emperor, yeah. and she's kind of using this edge lordiness of the knight to get there, like or some, like you... along those paths. I like this is
0: an option that I think we could go with, and we could tell something, or we could outline something interesting out of it. Here's where I'm coming uh, from right now is I'm f- I kind of want the this like Padme Sidious type to start out coming from a place of genuine care and I think okay. if they're t- like I just like antagonists... you know this Charles I like antagonists and villains that think they're being heroes and that are coming from a place of actually trying their best they just go astray and I wonder if this uh, princess corrupt princess character is hearing all these things, and while Anakin's way of trying to, or not Anakin, the our Anakin equivalent's way of trying to channel these things is like, I want to kill everyone. I want to, like, I'm an edgelord. That kind of stuff uh, is a little bit uh, misplaced as a way to deal with these problems. He is making legitimate points about issues with the current ruling class, with the Empire and this princess's, like, parents, assuming mm-hmm. they are the Empire and Mm. also with the jedi order equivalent in our world here like there are legitimate problems that are being expressed and because the princess is someone who cares a lot with about and is potentially in love with even at the start of the story maybe is in love with our anakin type Uh, then she's legitimately like, wait, this is really messed up and I have some power to try to make this better. And she's only the antagonist because that desire starts leading her down this route, like you mentioned, of going acting on these edgelord tendencies that the Anakin equivalent was expressing in his like repressed anger. And I kind of like too, we can flip this. I talked about doing... uh, what is it enemy enemies to lovers we can flip it and make it lovers to enemies yeah like start as lovers and then have them end up by the end of it enemies
1: yes i do like that and I think that the strength of having an edge lord character and a corrupt character is that they would have some synergy at the beginning. But then there's a very distinct difference between the two. Like one is just like edgy because like whatever. I I hate sand. And then the other one is like (laughs) I'm going to kill people and take over or maybe it's I'm going to like... Uh, you know, r- run an illegal business or something like that. What, what, or like steal money from my parents or something. She doesn't necessarily have to be gunning for the throne. It's just because our book is called The Throne of the Empire that we have to do. Yeah. <laughs> we have to make it relevant. Although I maybe think it's good don't. if she
0: guns for the throne. <laughs> yeah. I, and maybe I, I kind of like Charles. We usually try to tell standalones. I, maybe in this time we can try to tell. I kind of like the idea of a story that might end with our corrupt princess taking the throne and leading leading us in a... Taking the throne, positioning herself against our protagonist and anyone else that is on our protagonist's side here, uh, and then setting the stage for a book two, uh, which we'll probably never outline or or have anything to do with uh, that would involve the actual now conflict between the Jedi knight equivalent order led by our edgelord protagonist who maybe even learned a lesson about like oh okay well, like maybe I was going too far because yes. when someone acted on these things it got really messed up yeah and then he like he's able to take a leadership position by the end in this Jedi Order equivalent, and it sets the stage for a book two that is like, we've gone from lovers to enemies, and we're both in charge of our own respective units, like the Jedi Order equivalent, versus the Empire, led by this corrupt princess, who by the end of it is a corrupt empress, (laughs) and yeah, book two is where that clash happens, so book one is the story of lovers to, or yeah, lovers to enemies. Yeah, no, I think
1: that is a terrific idea. I love the lovers to enemies, uh, st- the lovers to enemies plot line, and I like this idea of where we end, where the stage is set, where maybe uh, the corrupt princess becomes the corrupt empress, and the edge lord knight becomes the uh, maybe not as edgy. Uh, general that's where i'm yeah. winding up on this one and yeah i think that's a really good idea if we're if we're following the kind of i guess in, in inspiration of star wars we could have it where um you know it's like i said a little bit earlier anakin was assigned as a a bodyguard for the for padme so maybe we can have a similar situation and they have these regular meetings that – or it starts as one guarding the other, and then they start to break down that, like, social barrier and start to get to know each other more and have conversations and break protocol. And it's and it's confusing and it's tricky, but they are – there's some intrigue there. And, yeah, I think this has a lot of legs. It's, it's, it's exciting. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think so too, Charles. And and the way I'd want to do it, because that sounds a lot like how Anakin and Padme met in Star, or not met, but ended up in by Episode Two, and this kind of Anakin was guarding Padme, and they, you know, I have a, some opinions I won't get into about about how that relationship develops and how it <laughs> doesn't make sense, but also, and I, I don't know, I think it's like. I'd like to start after all that's already happened is because it's like, we've seen that already. Those kind of things. Like we, st- we could even start oh. with them. Like, cause the story isn't about how they become lovers. The story is about how they went from being lovers to by the end enemies. So it could even start with like, they're lying in bed together and he's venting. Like that's okay. like the beginning of the book. <laughs> and oh, it's sick. like, it's yeah. No, he's like, I hate, stone just so we don't get sued.
1: <laughs> oh, that's true. We don't want to invite you yes. don't want to like copy. <laughs> uh, I, I hate uh I hate rocks. <laughs> yes. We're in space I hate there. dirt. <laughs> rocks have no business in space. Ooh dirt. That's a good yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah yeah. Yeah I hate dirt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. So
0: sounds like we have it's uh, yeah, I would say we kinda have our ending, which is this assuming you're on the same page here, Charles. Our ending is this set the stage for book two uh, with this, we've officially gone from lovers to enemies, and we are going to have our Anakin-equivalent protagonist at the head of this, like you said, general of this Jedi Order equivalent, and we're going to have the
1: uh, Padme-equivalent corrupt princess character. Or maybe not general. Maybe they can just even be... uh... You know, I, I, but yeah, that's basically right. Like this yeah. leadership role in the military of the opposing sure. side, and versus the new empress who is yes. totally corrupt, which is so, is interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah. To get there, we need a couple things that I'm seeing here. We need to f- figure out how the princess is able to. I guess we have to figure out how the princess starts wanting to take over the throne, which sounds like has a decent amount of like trying to act on these impulses of the edgelord. Uh, We have to figure out how then the princess successfully does, I guess, kill her parents, which is pretty savage. But, you know, these (laughs) things happen in, in books. And then from there, I guess we have to figure out how the how our edgelord hero learns a lesson about being less edgy and trying to do the right thing, even though it's, it's too late for the corrupt now empress to learn that lesson. At least our edgelord protagonist can apply that lesson in book two toward fighting against our corrupt empress. So we have to figure out how does he learn that lesson?
1: Right. Okay. Here, here's what I'm, Thinking. So it, it's all coming back to the, being a knight, you're part of an order of, you know, much like the Jedi order, right? Let, let's just keep following this parallel here. And sure. there's a lot of things that, if, you know, those that listen to Roger Roger, we, we've talked about, like, there's a lot of mistakes <laughs> with thing. the order that's not being talked <laughs> about, right? So we can talk about them here in the uh, Throne of the Empire, where you have, uh, <laughs> this order, and it's like, oh, my order sucks, like, they're not cool like me, <laughs> yes. you know, this very lordy thing, It's like, I do my yeah. own thing like, I, I wouldn't play their politics I'm too cool, and then the princess is like, yeah, you know you like, there are a lot of problems with them, they're repressed they're too yeah. focused on politics they've lost their way they're not communicating with each other, they're like, separating right. themselves from society, they're they have too much power and like unchecked mm-hmm. like authority blah 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 and it's like yeah, yeah we yeah they should like they're not they're not cool you know so that's kind of how this can get <laughs> can get started right there cuz it For should sure. be started from somewhere that's, that's the opening like, scene right and that's that's also like an actual genuine conflict where it's like you're they're both right kind of a thing so it yeah. would be cool to To explore that idea, and then, I, what I'm thinking is, I'm thinking the edge this knight character as they keep checking in on the princess over time, they're noticing things like. Oh, she's just getting back from talking to somebody. That's weird and oh, she's doing this and that. And then I think there's almost like this horror movie moment, right or like a thriller movie moment where there's this she starts to reveal more and more of her intent and he's like the the night character starting to get scared. and then there's this horrific moment where the princess actually executes her 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 own parents, right. And that's kind of the the deal breaker, I would say. Like that's where I'm going. I don't know you, what you think. Okay. So yeah, then we need moments cut that would come out
0: of nowhere if we didn't have moments building toward it where it was like these middle ground things where our Edgeward protagonist is like, Okay, that was a little bit much, but I you know, I still love you. Uh and it, sometimes you gotta do it like like you gotta be a little bit more brutal because my mentor never let me do that that those kind of moments have to happen that are more in the middle of this thing before it just comes out of nowhere that she's like oh yeah I've been listening to you and been empathetic and I started to think you know what we I should kill my parents like it needs to it needs to be built toward a little bit more I think we can get that moment but we it's going to it's going to be a little bit like sooner it it uh, sorry it's going to be later than some other moments that
1: are more subtle yeah yeah and i'm all for that and we can weave it into these 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 moments, well, we can set up some kind of some kind of premise, whether it's um, discussions about politics or maybe the princess is getting slided repeatedly. Uh, I'm not sure, but I I don't think there's any wrong answer here. We we can we can just throw something out there and and see what sticks. Sure. Well, what if there's a moment,
0: because it has to be it's like, okay, you went far, but I'm not sure if you went too far. So what if there's some sort of third character in here that is a pretty bad person, like is totally caught up in all these politics things, but in a power-hungry and even Machiavellian way, and that person is is actually just doing really messed up things. And maybe is even like the epitome of the problems that the edgelord has been venting about. Mm -hmm. And they're going around, this third character, this is going around kind of like a Mace Windu type, is going around Mm -hmm. the palace, just but worse than Mace Windu, like a worse person than Mace Windu was. Mm -hmm. And just trying to seek their own power and abuse the system using all of these awful things that our protagonist is pissed about and maybe she does something the princess after hearing a lot of venting about the the jedi order equivalent and all this kind of stuff maybe she she initiates something where he gets killed or if not killed then mm. like disappears and our protagonist is like wait what happened to that guy and it's or or maybe has been
1: killed but just to oh, keep this kind of Oh this is great no got... I like where you're going and let me say one thing because we had yeah. talked about this idea of like acting on your impulses it's like being edge lordy you can have these kind of impulses but then he's not acting on them but who is this corrupt princess is like i heard yeah and now i'm gonna go do it and it's like we don't just that's
0: what i think the whole point is yeah exactly
1: it's like we don't just do whatever like we just kill people because we had a bad day or because we had an argument or something like this is a bit too crazy and it's like well uh, you're with me or against me, and then that's kind of where we're at, where, where, where we go. So, so basically, yeah, we get these moments where it's like, oh, this character's lost their way, they're not cool, whatever, 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 and uh. It's got to be
0: more intense than they're not cool. It's got to be like... No, I mean, I think that this is how it happens is the the edgelord is like, I just wish someone would kill this person because the world would be so much better without them. And he might be... And I think that's the thing. If that person were to die, the world might be better. Like, that's how bad a person this Mm. person is. But it's not right to kill people because that's the case because killing people is bad. And right so but that's what the edge lord kind of learns along this way is like oh i was venting and those things i was saying were kind of true technically but if like I, I maybe i need to be more careful about the things that i'm saying and what i'm venting because like even if they're true acting on them like you you were saying before charles and like we've been circling around for a while act on them even if they're true is is a messed up thing to do. And he, it's almost like, I want it to be his fault that the, that the princess Mm. gets corrupt and that the princess starts taking these more Machiavellian Mm. actions because she really cares about him and sees the ways in which he's being harmed by the, like, I think this third character is like the, you know, we talked about bridges between pillars in our Lord of the Rings recommendation (laughs) episode. Oh, we did. And, (laughs) I I think that the bridge here between her killing her family and her like and her being a relatively normal, if not with slight Machiavellian tendencies person at the start is that she legitimately believes and is probably right that this third Mace Windu but worse equivalent guy, uh, maybe even a count uh what was that guy? A count Duku or something? Yeah, that, like, was a that guy. kind of guy. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but wasn't his thing that he was like doing all these this politicking and that and being a messed up dude and things like that? Yeah, he
1: was a former Jedi that defected to the Sith and was like his argument was that the Jedi has lost their way. This, that, the other thing. So now I'm on this side, you know. So okay, but okay, not that argument Um,
0: because I think this is more than the Mace Windu type who was like all in on the on that sort of jedi should be politicians was kind of his thing
1: right yeah they they were kind of i don't know if they thought that but they were definitely so wrapped up in the politics for sure mace windu and yoda were the two biggest uh guilty parties in that so yeah it's i i think that that's Great. And it's the where they're happening, but it's not revealed that it's the princess doing them at first. Yes. And yes. then you have... And it's basically all at the suggestion uh, of this edgelord knight, right? And it keeps Ooh. happening, and it keeps happening. And uh, I think at some Charles, point... Yeah, go ahead.
0: So what if... So I like this idea you were just talking about with he doesn't know it's the princess Mm -hmm. Uh, he just these things start happening like i like the idea that even if the the this villainous gone too far with politics character i like the idea of maybe he's killed but at first he just disappears and that's like you said Charles, a way to make it not clear that the princess is going around like acting on his impulses Mm -hmm. and what if so That means that our protag needs to have some sort of reason why he thinks these things are happening when he's venting them. So what if our protag, because he's a chosen one, that's kind of the Anakin stuff too. What if our protag is convinced that his chosen one status gives him some sort of like divine ability (laughs) where he just has to like speak things into the world and then they start happening? So he's (laughs) like, I wish wish this guy would just disappear and just be gone and then he is and it's like wow my chosen one abilities did that and it's just the princess acting on all this behind his back and he's kind of grappling in the foreground like we are in his point of view so we also don't know when we're reading this that the princess is acting it out unless we're starting to suss it out Mm -hmm. um But the princess seems very empathetic and caring for our protagonist. So maybe we don't think that that's happening. And we're tricked by this narrative of our our protagonist who thinks that, yeah, just their chosen one status is allowing them to just like wish things into the world with his venting that then take place. And he's, like he's on his own starting to grapple with the morality of, like, wait, what should I breathe into the world? Like, what statement should I say? And that's kind of how we're starting to learn this lesson. And then it's a twist at the end that's like, no, it wasn't your chosen one status doing that. It was the princess you were telling everything because you're in a relationship with her and you vent to her. And then she tries to help you because she cares about you. And you need to stop being an edge lord.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I I think we can my concern is that you got to do it in a way that's not like too silly because I feel like this twisted I feel like this book would become very very serious. So to be like, "Oh, it's my chosen one status that's doing all this." You know, we have to do it, frame it in a way where it's a bit more serious yeah. and not so much like isn't this character silly for thinking this kind of a thing, but I like it. I think we, I think it's got legs. Yeah. And what the way that we'd potentially be able to
0: do that is to wrap it up in some sort of prophecies that could be wrong or misinterpreted about like, no, the chosen one actually can do this in some way, Mm -hmm. like some sort of misinterpretation of like a line that says like what the chosen one uh, believes will be or something like that. Or, you know, or what the chosen one demands will be. And, uh, it's like justified from the perspective of a character who is like in a world where prophecies are real and chosen ones are real. That's like, okay, well then maybe I actually can just, w- wish things into existence and we don't feel like he's being a bozo for thinking. And we feel like he's just reacting to the world that he's in, which is strange, but so are these, these chosen one worlds are strange and we accept them in things like star
1: Wars and wheel of time because you know, we're, yeah. uh, we're in that world. I, I'm a fan. I, I, I think we've got a very promising <laughs> first draft <laughs> for a book. And uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I love this idea of this corrupt princess like twist-reveal horror-thriller moment. And I, I don't know. I think we're ready to bring it home. Okay. I kind of want...
0: Yeah. I, I'm i willing to bring it home. I, I think part of bringing it home will be I want us to vaguely say that there's one other event that happens. Kind of like end of act one event is like an even subtler version of... It's like... I guess it's that these sort of demands and vents of the, of the protagonist are escalating slowly. So we need more smaller moments in between, but the two big moments are that the like villainous third character disappears and is stumbled. Like he probably finds that character toward the end, like dead. Mm -hmm. And it's like, Oh my God, like mutilated and dead. Like, that's another, thr- like, thriller horror moment. It's like, ah, I thought he just disappeared into the universe. Oh, yeah. And he got wrecked, like, <laughs> stumbles upon this mule body. And then the final moment is that the princess kills her own parents in order to take, take the throne and enact her own stuff on the world. But there has to be these other smaller moments building up toward those two bigger moments and i think the it's like end of act 2 is the like villainous character disappears and there needs to be like an end of act 1 sort of moment but we don't need to have that figured out we're just coming up with an outline so i just i want to give across the idea that there would be some sort of like subtle building of the extremeness of these edge lord wishes that are enacted
1: yeah i agree i think you need to Figure out like okay, what what what's the kind of stuff that it, what's the kind of attitude that an edge lord knight would have, and how can we, like, scale up the crimes, the war crime being committed to the yeah. point where we we get some sort of like graphic murder and like this, it's it's like you don't realize you're in a thriller movie until uh, in yeah. a thriller book until towards the end like this book is at the beginning reads like a space opera romance like that chosen one kind of thing and then it's like oh you don't realize the kind of story that you're in this is a thriller with a twist and yeah that is the payoff of this book so it has to be these convincing like epic fantasy trope moment things where it's like oh like um, what if it was like they're in love, right? And it's like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm being called to an assignment, but I hate that guy, and I don't want to go on that assignment, you know? And then it's like, oh, you're, uh, you know, like it starts that way. Where, and then it's like, well, oh, what it, if it starts on that with just the assignment, assignment gets canceled? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the assignment like, okay, gets canceled. It's that's not a big deal. Yeah, and you're like, oh, that's, that's you know, that's cool. You, you don't even think, yeah. you think that that's just the coincidence, and it's just a, yeah. a thing that happens on the side. And then it's like, okay, oh, that person is, is like talking to me in private now, and is trying to get me to do stuff, and they're they're annoying, and they don't understand what it means to be a knight, and this, that, and that, and then that mm-hmm. person disappears. It's like oh, well, I
0: want it to be worse. I want I, like I want that person to be worse. I want well, them to actually be like like a messed yeah, up but villainous I, person, uh, and it and I want it to be venting at the level of like. Uh, like, I wish you were dead, or I wish you were yeah, just gone.
1: Yeah, and that's that's good. And then they yeah. disa- But I like that they disappear. Yes. And then no one like knows where too. they are. And it's like, who cares where he is? I'm glad he's gone yes. or whatever. You know, like that kind of edge-flirty yes. thing. But exactly. then, like you had described earlier. And he's saying all this to the princess, like lying in bed
0: or like hanging out yeah, on a Yeah, yeah.
1: And then, yeah, then it's like what you said that's... The the in that horror moment reveal where you find out that it was like a graphic murder, <laughs> and then there's another gra- and then it's like this is what like there's ways to do to like take control over these things like I can do these things for you I can give you the power that you want to to be in that leadership position uh, like all that temptation right is is how the princess kind of reveals herself mm. to him and then he's like he rejects yes. her and then that's yes. and then that's like where this book ends cuz now it's like I did all this for you and you rejected me yes. and way, you know I uh, love it. Na- yeah, exactly.
0: Now- I love that. I love the final confrontation where it's like he finds first he finds the dead third villainous character that disappeared the protagonist does. Then the protagonist is like what the like <laughs> oh, oh! And then he's starting to connect the dots that it might be yeah. the princess, and, and then the he goes princess to find is the like, princess and confront her, and she's standing in front of like her dead parents, and she's like, "I did everything you asked. Like, I listened to you. I was the only one who cared about you, and everything that you wanted is now a reality. Now we can be together, and we can rule." Yeah, this I like that, but I don't. I want it
1: to be a little end. more calculated and a little less. Like, I don't want it to seem like. There's, like, this manic hysteria in the moment. No! I want it to be... But here's what I'm thinking. I think... I think, right? Like, there's this moment in Star Wars that's very famous. It's like, did you ever hear of Darth Plagueis the Wise, right? Where he's floating these ideas to Anakin that there's other powers out there that aren't the Jedi powers that could have him, you know, keep his loved ones alive and stuff like that. So, I'm thinking, like, she's trying to float these ideas. Like, you know, there's like ways that you could you know maybe you should be the one that's like in charge or whatever you know it's like th- there's yeah. certain like powers or or methods or whatever that you could use to to take control and and then He's like, hey, I don't know. It's <laughs> it's tempting. Like we should totally do that or or something like that. And then and then there's I'm trying to think of like I don't know if they're like standing over their dead parents or if it's something like I kind of yeah I because I, I, I kind of like this princess character to be like cold and calculated, you know? So
0: yeah, but do you... and I don't know if she's actually I mean the one I think that, you can stand over debt or you think she like ordered the parents dead
1: yeah maybe
0: yeah i don't know i mean i don't think that like standing over the dead parents does seem kind of melodramatic sure but i think there's a way it's all in the context of how you do it it could be this like very especially if the character has been built to be this more like uh, I mean, it could be know, they're exactly. killed I in the room, should, but think... not by
1: her, right? Like they're having all, they're having like a family dinner or something. And then, and then, like, the princess says something or does something, and all of a sudden, like, they get killed, whether it's being strangled or stabbed or whatever. But I don't know, maybe something like that. Because I do want it to sure, be, maybe... I do want it to be horrific. And so I, that means it would have to either happen or would have to have some horrible implications. And I, I okay, okay. So
0: I got it, I got it. Mm-hmm. I here's what I'm thinking. You let me know what you think, Charles. Because yeah. I, I like this idea. I think you're making a lot of sense. And you don't want it to be this, like, emotional, um, like, well, it's fine for it to be emotional. But you don't want it to be this, like, she went, quote, unquote, crazy. You want it to be that she was actually trying to do what she thought was right from a logical perspective. Right. And she's trying to convert
1: and, the night, yes.
0: too. So I think... Yeah. And we want it to also be that the everything she does, there's a point like like there's a point that the emperors were bad. Her parents were mm-hmm. bad at being emperors, uh, like but you don't kill people just because they're bad at their job mm-hmm. and th- those kind of things. So yeah. it's very Machiavellian, but she does want to do this for the greater good. And maybe it comes more from that place Uh, coupled with of course caring about our edgelord protagonist but not exclusive to that and not like a we don't want to play into these uh, like backwards like crazy ex-girlfriend type tropes or anything like that we want her to to be making moves that though we don't agree with them at all they make sense from this more detached cold logical perspective of yeah machiavellianism like trying to do and ends justifies the means move. And maybe she does make the world overall, like maybe she has a chance to make the world overall a better place, but killing people isn't the way to do it. So it's like, I I do like this idea you were talking about of her ordering her parents killed. And maybe the, like maybe the protagonist at that point is in a place of like, someone's killing people. And I don't know
1: exactly what's going on. And he realizes. Uh, what if it's like? The, yeah. What if the princess invites, uh, like, him somewhere to a, to like a meeting or something, or like, oh, meet me here, and then it's like, why are we here? It's like, oh, I want you to see something. And yeah. then that's when the or the murders are like behind a whether they're either that he can't get on through. a balcony or in a yeah. spaceship sure. or something. Whatever, <laughs> just can't get yeah. through. Can't save them in time. And then it's like, what have you done? It's like, and it's like,
0: uh, or like a video.
1: It could be a video yeah. feed. Yeah, it could be a video like a, feed. Like yeah, and where she's, she's just showing of, him. It's like this is happening she's, far away. Yeah, yeah. She's giving like the. Plagueis the Y speech and as she's doing it, it's like what are we looking at and then it becomes this realization that oh she's actually trying to convince me to overthrow the order that I'm a part of and she's already gone and orchestrated the murder of her parents and there's nothing I can do to stop so, that and this is this is all shifted
0: yeah and I think tied into this has to be that somehow the em- like the way that the emperors have been corrupt is that kind of this Jedi order has taken control of them in some way cuz those have to be connected. Yeah. So it's kind of like this whole thing was Look,
1: I overthrow my parents, you overthrow yes, your you bosses overthrow, yeah. and we right. we got it all. And he's like exactly. I'm not overthrowing so, my bosses. There's, there's a difference between hating my boss and then murdering them. <laughs> it's like Yeah. So
0: exactly. So yeah, I think that's kind of how it goes and she like I th- I do like the idea of her coming from this more Pragma- Machiavellian is a lot better than pragmatic here, mm-hmm. but uh, this place of trying to convey with logic, you had lots of points when you were venting like an edgelord. <laughs> of course, they were conveyed in these annoying edgelordy ways, but I listened to all of that. I thought about it. I considered what kind of power I might have to make the world better. And, I, you know, you have to break a few eggs to make an omelet. Yeah. That's what the princess is saying. Yeah. And the edgelord is like, I've gone too far. Like Clearly, I have... Gone off the deep end, and I brought her with me, and she's like, "No." Yeah. Like, and he's realizing all these people that and, are dead yes, now,
1: and like, are his these. fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah. And she and her going this like this awry is uh, in a lot of ways his fault too, and that does because this is the first in uh, potentially a trilogy or a duology, who knows? Uh, it sets a stage where this final conflict, maybe like she can't kill him though, because she still loves him yeah. and little, little much, but, but come on, uh, right, why not? Um, it, I think if it's played the right way, and clearly this is someone who loves this person enough to listen to all this edgelord venting and to act on it. So she probably does care a lot about him. So maybe she does let him go because she can't kill him and she's like let me never see you again and hmm. then he or he escapes or whatever I know if you don't want that melodrama of right, it but right. I don't
1: know why not man Like it can not be melodramatic but I also think like now, at this point now where he's like you know he's realized he's in a very different situation and she's all of a sudden yeah. now this empress type character I kind of am like where he's Basically, being like I, like I have to get out of here. You know, like I can't. Yeah. Like, and then she lets him go, but she still think, yeah, that's she's what still I was thinking. she's still she's still trying to convert him. Still, it's not like yes. a, I uh, or, yeah, 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 I hate you or oh, I hate you. This yeah, is no, we're not. enemies now. It's like she's still, even as we maybe even get into the second book, there's still within yeah. the first act this idea of like maybe I can convince him like where you're not wrong, we can do better. All these other things. That's what I was thinking too. It's he's like I can't get these murders out of my head. That's flat out wrong. And right, but but I still have feelings for you, and you know we we can make it complicated. And it's complicated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and it's interesting
0: because of that complication. And who knows where it goes in the next couple. Yeah, I love that, Charles. That's a great. I I think I was trying to circle around that, but you put it to words in a way that made a lot more sense. And if it comes from this, because. Yeah, it's it's easy to think of this scene like, of like maybe they try to make it work. Because, maybe they
1: yeah you know who knows where it goes. try and get back together for a little bit. Who knows because the, yeah like maybe they're not just going to become full on enemies, but they are on opposite sides of this war. So yeah, I think yeah that's I a, think we did it. I think we did it. We did it. Yeah. So yeah, we've done it. We've outlined a story. The throne of the empire. It's, it's our first space opera
0: yeah i'm happy about that <laughs> yeah Us, I'm... Our, we're big fans of saga by brian k vaughn and fiona staples so yeah. we love a a good space opera or space fantasy and i think i don't know i'd be yeah. i guess it's weird to say that after outlining it yourself but i'd be interested if a writer you know if brian came on was oh, it yeah. in something like this and fiona <laughs> yeah. staples is illustrating it a yeah comic series yeah that... oh could you imagine how fiona staples would illustrate some of those like horror
1: scenes <laughs> or... i can only uh she would, not i kind of like it as back. a comic yeah it would be a cool comic i agree yeah that actually it has legends yeah. as a Sana comic. takeda could probably do
0: it really well too from uh monstrous marjorie yeah. Liu and Sana takeda like those yeah. son takeda does great illustrations of these like horrific things that I think yeah. of a little bit more than I do with saga, but yeah. 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 I mean, either. I could, comics, cool. Charles, comics, space, opera, sp- space, opera, space, fantasy, comics. That's the kind of stuff that you might get <laughs> out of friends creating fantasy. Now we just have to, you know, who's going to, who's going to email Sana Takeda? I don't know, but <laughs> <laughs>
1: well we'll have to we'll float the treatment by them and see if they're interested yes that sounds like a plan so (laughs) which we will
0: not actually (laughs) actually no for the
1: record no they're too busy coming up with their own ideas that are absolutely brilliant so they don't need our help with that (laughs) that's fair well i think does that just leave us with that i mean i think we've done it right we've outlined the story thrown the throne of the empire and I think all that's left is the sweet, sweet outro music. Oh, you don't want to do the popcorn thing? Oh, uh, we can. Could... They get it. Do we do the? It'd be uh, quick. I... Okay, let's do the popcorn thing really quickly. So, that's true. Let's do it. So we've got the Throne of the Empire, a space opera, potentially graphic novel, comic book series, uh, starring uh, an edge lord knight a la Anakin, who is yeah. part of this knight you know uh society order and it's a bit of an edgelord assigned to be the bodyguard of a corrupt princess and the story starts where they have already formed a romantic relationship and this edgelord knight is just kind of complaining about his job
0: yeah just venting to our princess character who they're already in the re- a relationship at the start of the story and st- there are things uh, that he's sort of right about but the way he's expressing it is as an edge lord might a little bit more intense than is probably reasonable and she legitimately cares about him she's legitimately listening offering empathy uh, trying to take all this stuff in and she's starting to realize charles that he the things he's venting about he kind of has a point and she's trying to think hey i'm a
1: princess i have some power what can i do about this right. and you know it may have started off with like oh a a meaningless uh, work job, like a meaningless yeah. order, was rescinded. Oh, that annoying boss that has lo- is kind of misguided and giving you a hard time has has disappeared. And oh, I don't care uh-huh. where he's gone. I hope I hope he stays gone. You know, because I'm the edge lord guy and I'm in charge. You know, and it, these things start to uh, start to continue. You know, well, start to continue. They to escalate. Yeah, yeah, they escalate. They start with this
0: idea of, oh, work assignment I was complaining about that I didn't want to do gets canceled. And that's not too bad. That's actually maybe fine. And then later, this sort of villainous character does disappear, and he wa- and our Anakin equivalent protagonist was saying, oh, I wish they would just disappear. Uh, and we don't know yet what happened, but he's kind of like, I don't know, he probably just went off somewhere. And it's not that big a deal. Uh, So then, yeah, we get this. And the whole time the princess is listening to all these complaints about this larger Jedi Order equivalent type thing and all the issues with it. And most of them are exaggerated, but true. And also ways in which this Jedi Order equivalent control her own parents and the emperors who have maybe grown kind of complacent and are letting this Jedi order equivalent
1: rule. Yes, and this works its way up to the yeah, the princess is like, "Hey, edge lord knights, like le- like have you c- like considered like oh, the knights are wrong, like they're they're becoming too bureaucratic. They've lost their way. They're no longer noble, they're no longer unbiased. They're like straight up politicians and like war warlord general types and my parents are letting it happen and and that kind of philosophy is what leads her to actually well, staging yeah. the execution of her parents and the ascension to her throne but she sure. does that in a very dramatic way <laughs> yes and i think that uh, our protagonist this whole time is
0: convinced because of some sort of misinterpretation of a prophecy that it's just his wishes becoming reality and things like that. He doesn't realize to the extent to which he's, well, influencing his partner into doing these things. And he stumbles upon the mutilated, this brutal, the mutilated dead body of that third, more villainous character in the Jedi Order. And that's a pretty brutal scene. And that's when then he's, he's invited to attend this viewing of her basically staging the death of her parents while she attempts to logically convey her point to our protagonist, who's realizing as he's listening to her that maybe he went too far with his edgelordiness, and it's probably his fault that this has all gone awry to the point... Of course, the princess is responsible in part two, but our protagonist realizes his role and wise alertiness
1: led to this in part. That's true, and that brings us to the end of, of book one or part one or volume one, yeah. however, we, however we'll however do it in the graphic novel With world. that moment of her trying to tell him to join. Yes, where and she's trying to get into him. Like, like, hey, you could yeah. be the commander of the army, I can be the empress, and together we can you know, enact a change that we've been talking about for so long. And then he's like, you know, change is one thing but murdering people and becoming a the bureaucratic like cold-hearted politician is another and like all this murder that you're planning to do you're gonna let them go you're talking about starting a war you're talking about killing all my colleagues blah blah blah. and yeah uh, they part ways and that brings them into this very complicated relationship that (laughs) and now they're at opposite ends of uh of a war and that's how the story yes that's how the story leaves us but we'll save that for book two Jules. <laughs> yes volume two probably
0: oh yes because <laughs> it is potentially a comic seems. and yeah
1: that's it guys the throne of the empire i think we've done it yeah another fcf about in the books nice all right i guess that leaves us with nothing else to do but to get into that sweet sweet outro Sweet, sweet outro music. Let's get pumping. Here we go. Thank you, everyone, for listening to yet another very exciting episode of the Friends Talking Fantasy Podcast. If you like what you heard today, give us a follow over on Twitter at the FTF Podcast with the number one at the end, and we're also over out on Instagram at the FTF Podcast, and Dylan, if they like what they heard today and they want to support the show even more and they just so happen to be listening on Apple Podcasts, what can they do? Toss five stars to our podcast. Yes.
0: Just find that Friends Talking Fantasy page on the Apple Podcast app you want to click on that Friends Talking Fantasy page, scroll down past any of those episodes you're seeing until you start seeing stars. Once you're seeing stars, the optimal number of those to click if you want to support the show would be five of them. If you have a little bit of extra time, then writing review can be even more helpful for a podcast like ours. But just listening is more than enough. Thank you so much for <laughs> listening to Charles and I ramble about some sort of weird Star Wars subversion.
1: Thank you guys for <laughs> listening to us get uh, weird with these friends creating fantasy episodes. We appreciate the support. <laughs> and as always, go forth and conquer, friends.